Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Carrie Donahue. It's Friday, June 24th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. The toughest gun reform bill in nearly 30 years is now all but signed into law. After passing in the Senate yesterday, the bipartisan bill has passed in the House. Now all it needs is President Biden's signature. Among its provisions, the bill will tighten background checks for people convicted of domestic violence closing the so-called boyfriend loophole. It will also increase funding for mental health and school security and for states to enact red flag laws. It's one of the most consequential Supreme Court decisions in history. The justices have overturned Roe v. Wade, removing a right American women have had for nearly 50 years, the right to choose an abortion. The 5-4 decision is very similar to a draft opinion by Samuel Alito that leaked last month. It means states will now decide whether to allow abortion, and most will either outlaw or restrict it. In an unusual move, the dissenting opinion was written jointly by three justices, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, and concludes with this line. With sorrow for this court, but more for the many millions of American women who have today lost a fundamental constitutional protection, we dissent. President Biden opened his remarks on the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Roe, saying it's a solemn day and the court's move is unprecedented. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. He also outlined his plan to deal with abortion rights in a post-Roe world by putting pressure on Congress. The only way we can secure a woman's right to choose and the balance that existed is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as federal law. Biden ended saying the decision must not be left to individual states. And with your vote, you can act. You can have the final word. This is not over. Protests are taking place outside the Supreme Court. People for and against abortion have gathered outside the court building, which is surrounded by a temporary protective fence. Moments after the ruling, anti-abortion demonstrators were seen cheering, while on the other side, some women were crying. Homeland Security warned about this ruling earlier in the month, saying it could inspire violence, but the protests appear peaceful so far. Leaders in states with so-called trigger laws are reacting to the Supreme Court overruling Roe v. Wade. In Kentucky, where an abortion ban will go into effect immediately, Senator Mitch McConnell calls this a historic victory for the Constitution and the most vulnerable in our society. Nearly all abortions are now banned in Louisiana, too. The state's attorney general, Jeff Landry, said, quote, the bleeding stops now. Meanwhile, in Texas, where trigger laws will take 30 days to go into effect, Governor Greg Abbott said states now have the right to protect innocent unborn children. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas wants to apply the court's reasoning for overturning Roe to other rights, like access to contraceptives and same-sex marriage. In a concurring opinion, which is not binding on lower courts, mind you, Thomas cites three specific cases he thinks should be reconsidered. If they were overturned, states could again outlaw contraception, same-sex marriage, and sodomy. However, in his majority opinion, Justice Samuel Alito specifically says the court's decision only applies to abortion. 
Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. So check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we talk about allegations that a pastor is leading a cult of influencers. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Notion, Unifor, and SalesLoft. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. Six weeks after her death, the U.N. human rights investigation has concluded that Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akla was shot and killed by Israeli forces. Israel initially said she was killed by Palestinian fire. The U.N. report calls on Israel to open a criminal investigation. A defeat today for Ukraine. The Ukrainian military is pulling its last forces out of the key eastern city of Severodonetsk. Fighting has raged there for weeks, and Ukraine says Russia has destroyed about 90% of the city's buildings. Ukrainian forces will now pull back and try to keep Russia from advancing further into the industrial heartland region to the west. Charlie D'Amelio has been dethroned. The TikTok star with over 140 million followers is no longer the most followed person on the social app. The crown now goes to Kabani LeMay, a 22-year-old from Senegal. He's a comedian living in Italy, and he doesn't actually say a word in his many videos. He wins followers with shrugs, eye rolls, and reactions to the many, many life hack videos. His shtick works. He now has more than 143 million followers. A Connecticut woman will be able to sue Harvard for publishing photos of her enslaved ancestors. That's according to a Massachusetts court filing. Tamara Lanier and her family can now make a case against the university for negligent and reckless infliction of emotional distress. The ruling did acknowledge that as the owner of the photos, the university had the right to use them. Amazon is developing a feature that will allow Alexa to mimic the voice of your dead relatives. No, this isn't an episode of Black Mirror. The company unveiled the feature at an event in Las Vegas. Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? Okay. But how about my courage? Ask the lion anxiously. You have plenty of courage, I am sure, answered Oz. Alexa would only need a minute-long recording of the person to mimic their voice. The company says the feature was born out of a need for empathy during the pandemic. My co-host Rebecca Ibarra is away today, but she left us this interview. There's a tight-knit community of TikTokers represented by a group called 7M that may be more than just influencers. Friends and family members of some of these dancers accuse the group of being cult-like, and it's all led by a man named Robert Shin. Robert Shin is a bit of an enigma. Uh, Some of the people who've known him best over the years still feel like they can't really get to the core of who this guy is. That's Julia Black. She's a correspondent at Insider and has been looking into allegations against Shin and his crew of influencers. 63-year-old Shin, Julia says, has had many lives. He was a doctor in Canada and practiced for seven years before coming to the States in 1992. He's been involved in real estate and Hollywood. He has produced films with the likes of Meghan Markle. 
But the ventures that have landed him in the news recently are his role as the pastor of a church called Shekinah and his talent management company, 7M, which represents the TikTok dancers. There's 11 of them, and they've become semi-famous online. Many of them worship together at Shekinah Church. They spend almost all their time together, film all their content together, and are very close-knit. They like to call each other brothers and sisters. Which, in a time of growing influencer popularity and TikTok content houses, seemed innocuous enough. Yay! We are alive. Until this video came out on Instagram in February. Yeah, it's just a very uncomfortable topic that has been haunting us for over a year now. That's Melanie Wilking. Her sister is Miranda Derrick. She's one of the 7M influencers. Miranda, James, all these people that they're with, they're not in control of their lives. Someone else is controlling their lives, and they're all victims. Victims, Melanie says, of Robert Shin. In a 40-minute video flanked by her tearful parents, Melanie says that Miranda has become estranged from her family. This has literally been going on for over a year, but we haven't said anything because we always, well, we always had hope that she was going to come back. That's why, especially in the first few months, we didn't want to embarrass her because... And it's her second birthday now. We've not been able to spend with her. And it turns out what Miranda's family says of her experience is not unique. In fact, former Shekinah members who spoke with insiders say Shin has been taking advantage of young people for decades. Here's Julia Black again. All of the former congregants I spoke with described a very controlling environment. That included monitoring of their communications with their families and friends, what they could do throughout the day. It also included them reporting on each other. Julia says they send weekly emails to Robert Shin, their pastor. In which they would kind of tattletale on each other for any quote-unquote infractions. In some cases, this was taking the last slice of pizza, which made someone greedy. Using too much toilet paper was something someone got in trouble for. Sources tell Julia that Robert Shin restricts their diets. That Robert had an obsession with image and with women being thin. That way, they appear godly. And in exchange, Shin promises his congregants prosperity on earth and salvation in heaven. So yeah, I mean, it's almost like this twisted summer camp environment where like their entire day is managed by these leaders within the church. And then there are other allegations about money. In many cases, they are encouraged to give very significant amounts of their income to the church, including to Robert Shin, the pastor, directly. There's a group of parents who are concerned about uh, money that has disappeared from their children's shared bank accounts. And accusations about inappropriate massages. So various sources said that in 2007, Robert, who is a racquetball player, began to ask for massages from certain female congregants. Um, to soothe his sore muscles, but some of these women said that they showed up and found that the pastor, whom they'd come to kind of trust as a father figure, was naked and then would direct them to take their massages to an inappropriate level. They believed one woman said that he asked her to target his testicles. Another woman described being blindfolded and feeling pressured to move towards his quote-unquote center. 
Julia Black got in touch with a representative for both 7M and Robert Shin. The representative vehemently denies that Shin ever touched any of his congregants inappropriately and that he ever exerted control over congregants' financial or personal lives. But, Julia says... The important thing is, you know, when I speak with these friends and family members of the dancers, they're ultimately just concerned for their loved ones' well-being and want to be reconnected with them. So that is their hope in telling this story. They ultimately just want these people to be able to live their lives freely again if, in fact, they are under the control of other people. So if you do happen to come across 7M's very enticing dance videos on TikTok, like videos from Miranda Derrick, B-Dash, Vic White, or Aubrey Fisher, just be aware that racking up views is exactly what is fueling this small empire. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Dave Smith. And Rebecca Ibarra. I'm Carrie Donahue, the executive producer. Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.